This is Basket Case Clubs, CPR Group's podcast where we talk about, well, clubs that are basket cases. Welcome to Basket Case Clubs, <laughs> CPR Group's first podcast for 2020. I'm Steve Connolly, Director of Sport and Community Development with CPR Group. And I'm Michael Connolly. I'm Managing Director. So some would say Steve's boss, some would say the older, smarter, funnier, better looking brother. I say that's just me. <laughs> like everyone in the world, we're uh, shocked, stunned and amazed at what's going on with respect to the coronavirus. Um, but we really believe that there are things we can do right now to help minimise the impact of this crisis on clubs and associations. Yeah, The crisis presents a good opportunity, doesn't it, for yep. the clubs that are really resilient to show that when the going gets tough, the tough keep going and keep getting stronger. Nice. There was almost a song in that. Yeah. <laughs> The word resilience is one that you have been focusing on, Mick, and I think that it probably uh, provides a really good theme for tonight's discussion. Yep, because I reckon that in time we'll look back on this as the greatest challenge that our generation has has faced, and already today I've heard talk of this being worse than the Great Depression, so I think we're going to just smash recession out of the ballpark and go straight to depression pretty quickly. But regardless of what happens to the economy, it is the impact that this is going to have on clubs that we're, we're focusing on at the moment. So we've seen massive changes in sport. The AFL's pulled the pin and they're all mm. taking the gym equipment home, Steve. Chuck, <laughs> mm, mm. down to your gym and do the same. What do you reckon? Well, it's fascinating you say that because uh, my gym actually is handing out gear. Uh, well, yesterday handed out gear and is posting video sessions online for people to follow at home. And, I think it's a, a fantastic idea and it, it's it's a great way for people to stay active and but really importantly for those gym businesses for them to remain engaged with them. Yep. I don't know if I'd fit a watt bike and a treadmill in my boot of my Commodore though. <laughs> or if your wife would let you have it at home. <laughs> what bike? <laughs> so yeah, but but it's that's an interesting point actually because you know, we so often see really good business decisions made by the likes of gyms and CrossFit boxes and so on that are often missed by the volunteers in the clubs with which we work because they just don't often think often enough as, you know, the businesses that they are. Yeah, it's a good point. There's, we, and we've seen this in the transition over the last, I was going to say 10 years, but it's, we're probably going back three census cycles now. So to the very early 2000s, where we started to see the shift away from organized clubs to more of the social participation model. So I can be a member of a running club and a cycling club, a canoeing club, and never actually pay a membership fee because the club itself doesn't exist. eh? It's just what's, we have a Facebook group, we organize where we're going and we go. There are clubs, though, that have done a good job of either engaging with those types of businesses like the the PTs and the CrossFitters to provide facilities or venues for them to run what they're doing or to start those sorts of activities themselves. And maybe that's where the, the move to walking netball and walking football has started to see that 
an, an additional layer of engagement be able to happen. Mm, mm. Yeah, and what an opportunity too for so many clubs that we see sitting with empty, uh, you know, ex-gym rooms or uh, huge clubhouses, uh, most of which sits dormant, unused. You know, we go into clubs day in, day out and see huge opportunities that volunteers that are running those clubs fail to see because they're just so busy with the day-to-day. They're so busy focused on getting jerseys on the backs of the kids, getting yeah. them out on the field. Um, but but then you come across a golden egg where there'll be someone in a club who's got that business mindset and they really challenge the thinking of the people who might have been on the committee for years and years before them. And things can change very, very quickly. You know, that person will develop good relationships with their council contact they'll uh, really come up with innovative ideas and ways to generate more passive income. And that term passive income is something that only in the last month I've started to hear interestingly, and this is not something that I've shared with you yet, but this is uh, an interesting concept that clubs are saying, you know, we've got to get more revenue coming in from outside of footy or outside of cricket. And we need to generate passive income. If we want to be a really successful business, we need to broaden our horizon and not just focus on the day-to-day. Even in okay. golf, actually. Only last week I was with a golf club and they were focusing on that same thing. Okay, interesting. That is, that is really important. It's, uh, it is a little bit of the P and the P and the PPRR model, though, isn't it? Like we're talking about how to be mm-hmm. prepared for next time and how to prevent the next disaster from blindsiding us next time. But there's not a lot we can do about that now. And what the what the recovery looks like is so up in the air and we've just got no idea of what shape the government support for not-for-profits is going to take. All we can do now is focus on how we respond right now. And I suppose that I'm always keen with an audience in particular to go really hard and to hammer good ideas and business thinking, recognizing that that, that sort of thinking that you and I talk about all the time can be challenging for some people. And I don't, I don't mean to, I don't mean to lose friends and I don't want to lose friends over talking like that, but it is a different way to think. But what you say about the fact that volunteers aren't thinking like that yet is not their fault. It's, it doesn't make them silly or stupid or backward. It's just that we we're conditioned to think like that. Our parents thought like that when we were growing up their parents thought like that when they were growing up. So typically, and you and I have worked with volunteers who are much younger than us now who are just falling into step. Hey, they, they're getting into their positions on a committee and going, this is what that we do. And they, they yep. accept such a, a different standard than we do in, in, in the rest of our lives. But yep. all that being said, we've got to be careful about now what we're focusing on is how we respond in the lead up to the beginning of the recovery. So the recovery is who knows how long away, but there is yet the chance for us to respond right now. So I suppose that the stuff that we're talking about is exactly the sort of stuff that you know, we're sitting here on an internet chat doing this and, and it's fine. We're able to communicate with each other and come up with some ideas and some of which we've never talked about or even thought about before. And we're now doing this at work. You were talking before we started about how many phone calls and internet meetings people are going to be having where there is a dog in the background and that's just the way it is. Or a kid stumbles into the meeting and says, Mom, what's for lunch? I'm hungry now. 
And very quickly, that'll be people's new normal. Even this afternoon, I was talking with a client in a remote Indigenous community and, and she had kids in the background and, you know, yelling and she was responding to them at the same time as talking with me, which she can do because she's a woman and can multitask. <laughs> and it was normal. She yep. didn't even make a comment about it. Yeah. So very quickly, we'll fall into line with a new normal. Yeah, and, and that's fine. And I suppose that if that is the case, let's do that. Let's keep that going in our clubs as well. We talk about how clubs bring that sense of community that we, we don't often get anywhere else. If we go back two or 300 years and we got that sense of community from our church, we've seen mm-hmm. church attendance dwindle and people are getting their sense of community elsewhere. There is there is a risk that you can get sense of community like this if we're gaming. So we're, we're in a different part of the world, but we still feel engaged. And there, there was a study that I found that I'll, I can dig out again. It was an interesting one because it said that the people who are gaming, because they're connected, they don't suffer from social isolation issues. The way that you would assume they would. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'd think that they'd be loners who'd be sitting in their in their basement playing video games, but that's not how they, they are connected because they're connected with community. So we get community a different way and we're in, in the recovery. So in the response phase, sorry, let's go back a step in the response phase, which is what we're in now. How can we plan our recovery so that we're in a position to capitalize on those opportunities, maybe even better than we were. Cause we'd never have, we've never had time to just stop everything yep. and sit and plan. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the uh, challenges that has been mentioned to us in recent weeks that volunteers feel they're facing is, is a loss of engagement with their members, a loss of engagement with, you know, the, the mums and dads of the kids that, that really are the important ones when it comes to making a decision about what sport those kids are going to play and where. Uh, and this is something which will interest you a lot. And I'm sure that you've seen at least something about it, but that's the E-Series with the supercars coming up, I think on the weekend. So all the supercar, I think that all of the supercar drivers are going to be participating in uh, an E-series race on, on one of the um, supercar tracks. What a brilliant way to maintain fan engagement. Yep. Well, it's interesting because as you're talking about that, I'm Googling it and so that's a great response. Fantastic yeah. response. Yeah, and it, it, Supercars E-Series comes up before any of the Supercars links that are obviously in my cache. So they have absolutely nailed it. What a fantastic response, you know? Yep. Shut down, complete fan disconnect, unless you can very quickly reinvent yourself. So just brilliant, yep. you know? And I saw one little snippet on social media of one of the, maybe the young Ferrari driver uh, driving a, you know, a, a full sim f1 car and it was great because he was doing a far better job than i've ever seen done by a normal human (laughs) yeah just so you know i've driven those simulators and they are so realistic it's scary as in so difficult yeah 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 so to give you (laughs) just for clarity on what i mean there getting this the thing off the line and i was at the time driving a nissan gtr 34 but modified so it was all power to the rear wheels not an all-wheel drive and just getting off the line in my first race i was backwards before i knew it just dumped the clutch far too quickly. and that's exactly how high powered race cars behave that's great so what what do you reckon that our clubs can take from that in 
now that we, we don't know how long this is going to go, we're having discussions about, all right, well, you know, with our members, hey, we've paid money. We know that that money has to go places. We're now not getting our season. What are you going to do about it? Mm, absolutely. And and that retention of, of engagement is something that I'm confident clubs can learn a lot from the gyms and the supercars of the world engaging with video content. We know how much more engaged people will be with content online when it's video content. So, you know, committee members, coaches, um, continuing to engage with their teams or the, the club's membership uh, more broadly using video content, regular updates, um, maybe some online coaching sessions for teams. I know that uh, some of the clubs with which I'm working now have got coaches that have taken that initiative and they're, you know, recording uh, moves that they're doing and then sending around to their, uh, the parents of the kids on their team via Facebook messenger so that they can, uh, you know, copy the same drills and so on with mum and dad in the backyard. Yeah. And that stuff's so easy to do. Yeah, and I suppose there's another point in that about the family connectedness as well. That We haven't had that because when my kids were playing football when they were younger, I would take them to the field. Now, I was never a head coach, a team coach, but I was always an assistant coach. But the, the chances for us to engage with, a, with our kids in a sporting manner in the backyard has been limited because come time for sport, it's let's rush down the courts, down the field, down the pool, down the track and do it there. Mm. Now we've got the opportunity for this to be a family bonding experience as well. And on the online content, there are some, there are some sports that do it really well. All the, the stuff that happens in the gym, obviously the stuff with the sports science at, uh, mm. to it has done that very well in the analysis apps that have been available and really well used by some coaches for years and coaches that are, are remote where you record your golf swing, for instance, and it's analyzed by your coach in another part of the world. So there are those facilities. Mm. So, by all means take them and use them but the main piece of advice that i've been enjoying giving is don't and the stuff that i've seen on social media just today has been really just awesome production so fantastic lighting fantastic camera work fantastic footwork no doubt from the coaches demonstrating these skills but it doesn't have to be that spectacular at this stage i think it's about being there and connecting first and then yep we have a phone turn the camera on and do something provide some content rather than worrying too much about production at this stage yep absolutely especially if you're just getting into it for the first time as well yeah and that that applies to meetings too so you know committees in fact only today i was speaking with uh, a, a new president who uh was just appointed at the committee meeting that that club held last night in lieu of their AGM because they can't get, you know, the the number of people into the room to achieve a quorum without breaching the government regulations for um, crowd sizes. So this bloke uh, was appointed to the position of president last night, but he made the really heartfelt comment to me that, that he had made to everyone else last night when he turned up and he said, you know, I've, I've got to say, turning up and taking on this role of president, I don't, I'm feeling a bit flat. I don't feel really enthusiastic about this, given everything that's going on. He's got some challenges in, in his own personal and, and uh, uh, 
works uh, difficulty and will continue to do so given this economic downturn which which we will face um but he said as soon as he walked in he said, oh, I feel more connected and i feel like everything's going to be okay so while you can't replace that with an online meeting you can still engage using facebook messenger which almost everyone has on their mobile device using skype using zoom you know we use zoho meeting to good effect uh but if you can engage as a committee and continue to hold your management committee meetings using a video conferencing tool which is free and using the internet which everyone almost everyone has access to today and pretty good internet um although not as good as we'd like because we're a bit nerdy that is going to things for the mental health of the decision makers it's it's likely to ensure their ongoing involvement in their management committee position because the the way that he very you know honestly said he was feeling when he turned up last night isn't a way that someone wants to continue to feel for very long before they you know throw in the towel and say uh, guys, I got more important things going on in my life. And that's the other thing we need to remember in all of this uh, really difficult uh, crisis situation, we've got real people running these clubs and they've got problems going on in their own lives. And we and the members of the clubs need to keep that in mind, don't they? Because it's, you know, we've got a, someone said to us just last night uh, that the, the board members of these clubs need to fit their own oxygen mask before helping others. And I think that's a really good <laughs> analogy, analogy because we, we can often forget that, can't we? It's really easy to throw stones at the decision makers in a club and say, you know, you're not doing as good a job as you could here or there, but we've so got to remember that a club people, or a country. <laughs> well it gets even easier yes that's right yeah, when we're talking yeah. about a leader of a country but it is uh so important that we maintain that that connection between our decision makers and that they feel as though they can continue to do a really good job because if they feel as though they're not contributing value for the long term of that club they're they're not going to stick around no no that's right and we don't want that to happen so to finish off this little chat that we've had, I've thoroughly enjoyed this little session together, Steve. We don't get enough Likewise. of the time to just shoot the breeze. Ramble. About. No, <laughs> we're solving the problems of the universe and just, just watch this. This will become a, a, an ongoing thing. One red wine at a time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, look, it's interesting because the idea for this podcast has been well developed and we've had a few other sessions already recorded, but we've decided not to release them because of the, the changing environment and how quickly things have shifted, but calling it mm. basket case clubs was to look at situations that, that all of our team faces every day with basket case clubs, <laughs> despite their best efforts and despite great upbringing, they, they still don't feel equipped to deal with the problems that the universe throws at them every day. And that's everything from a disgruntled member to uh, an AGM where we don't know how to deal with the elections at the it, because the constitution's silent on something. You know, we're we're nerdy when it comes to that sort of stuff, and so we face we see people face the same problems unnecessarily. But we're all basket case clubs now, so the, things have changed so quickly. So we'll leave those recorded episodes and maybe release them <laughs> down the track when we find out what normal looks like when we when we get into the second R, the recovery phase. But I think that. 
but now to get back to the, the first other response, it's about how clubs band together. And from our perspective, we work mostly with the decision makers, as you say, the, the committee members and the doers who do the majority of the, the off-field stuff. We you remember we call them the off-field champions. So mm-hmm. it's, it's to keep the off-field champions engaged, working together and using this time to to put themselves into a position where once we know what the world's going to look like to be there, to be able to take a position that most others can't. So if you pardon the French, but if you sit around and bitch and moan about how the world has thrown you a lemon and you say, Oh, you know, like the clubs that we've seen in the media in Western Sydney saying, we're going to go belly up. This will drive us to the wall. We're going to have to fold. If we don't hold that event in June, we will go broke. Guess what, man, that's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. If just, yep. just to have that mindset is going to make it happen. So this is the time to say, I don't know what's going to happen. And I was thinking when we were out for a walk this afternoon, uh, I'm not scared of the dark. I'm scared of what the dark is hiding. So I'm scared of what I don't know that is hiding in the dark. So that's what we're waiting to see, what this darkness, it, it will be economically the darkest part of probably this entire everyone who's alive today, the darkest part of their lives. And, Mm. and, and that's a really sobering thought. So if we, if we go into it now saying, I know what's going to happen and that is our club will fold, then there's a good chance that you're going to make that happen because of how you, how you behave because you're, you're, you're engaging your subconscious mind to drive your conscious mind's behavior or if yeah, you you'll say, simply give up, won't you? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no failure until you quit, man. And yep. or you can say, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen, and therefore I don't know what's going to happen. It's not like I saw something in the sky, and therefore what I saw is it is an alien spaceship. Or I can say I saw something in the sky, I didn't know what it was, and I don't know what it is. But like we're at that point now. So if we if we acknowledge that and we say we do need to take a wait and see stance, and by the time we get to have another one of these chats, we may very well know more, whether that's for business relief, for rent relief, for mortgage relief, or for club relief. We'll 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 wait and see. But this something will happen, and and we will be able to talk more knowledgeably about that. But only when we've got the knowledge. We can't sit here and pretend we know what's going on and what's going on is doom and gloom. Because if you have that mindset today, that it will be doom and gloom. Or you can say, don't know what's going on. But in the meantime, we're going to engage with our members. We're going to stay connected with our committee. We're going to have great meetings. And we, we're going to, you know, on Friday afternoon, I saw the, the screenshots of, of all their Friday afternoon meetings and everyone's having a glass of wine at home. thinking that's Mm. that's staying connected okay let's take that to our clubs all the people who sit under the tree of knowledge at the netball courts in townsville have your wine have you on but but yep. stay connected like that mm. yeah yep and and there are plenty of uh real challenges that clubs are going to face without burdening themselves with a really defeatist attitude and uh, you know there is going to be help out there the governments every level of government in this country understands i i believe truly understands maybe at you know to varying degrees how important sport is to the social fabric of society oh especially in australia yeah we're, we're we're australian we're sporty Exactly. The, our governments are not going to let sport in general just fall apart, disappear, no. 
so and, and I think that it serves for clubs to, to, to remember that. Yeah, absolutely. So long as we also remember we do need to get in line. Hopefully the line won't be as yep. long as it is for Centrelink payments or a gun in California. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or the line in the toilet paper aisle at my local IGA. Well, that's typically empty along with the shelves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I hope, yeah, that it will come. We don't know what form it will take because there's a lot to get through first. We've got to keep people eating first. We've got to keep pe- keep mm. our kids educated. Yep. Got to keep people safe. We've got to pe- keep th- those who need healthcare in healthcare. And, and I suppose those are the other things that I've been really careful not to gloss over that this is a health yep. crisis and it is mm. that the loss of human life is tragic. Yep. Uh, we, it is, and there's there's no getting around that. What we can do about it is what we have done about it. We started at gatherings no more than 500. So a lot of our clubs, you know, I had this discussion, a lot of our clubs have worked out exactly how they can control their training sessions so that there aren't more than 500 people at the complex at a time. Then mm. very quickly that turned into 100 and now it's nothing and now we've got all our musical rehearsals cancelled, we've had events cancelled, we've missed concerts. And you know what? if we don't get sick and our families don't get sick because of that, great. So now we've got to say, okay, and then what, and who's going to be the best. And to go back to the word we started with resilience, who's going to have the greatest resilience. It's the ones who take this, what we're calling forced downtime and make the best of it. Have fun, enjoy. And planning should be like that. Planning is the, yep. is the most fun we have with clubs because it's our chance to say, you know what, we're going to just take off all of the burden of today and say what can tomorrow hold and of all the times to to dream big and different i reckon now's the time to give it a crack eh? yep absolutely Hmm. this has been great steve thanks very much for for organizing the connector well why don't we it has it has been great and and I've got some really good ideas uh, following on from this discussion, including maybe delving a little more deeply as well as what you covered earlier into the practicalities of online meetings. So you're not going to be surprised to hear this, but maybe throwing against the wall our federated model of organisational structure and and the, the huge number of clubs that we have out there. And we know that, the reality is that not all clubs will survive. We've just we've just touched on that. Some clubs are, are going to give up. Uh, other clubs will, will have been in a situation leading into this crisis, which will mean that they simply can't survive. So there's no better time than now for us to really talk seriously about the structure of sport in Australia. It's it's a discussion that's been going on for years. It's gotten more serious in the last twelve months to two years but i would love to delve deeply into that through one of these discussions so yeah absolutely i don't think there'll be any shortage and obviously anyone who has a chance to listen to these like seriously when you're driving who better to listen to than me and steve solving the problems yeah. of the sporting world we're gonna listen to it <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure our wives are going to spend all that much time listening to it i hear him talk like that all the time <laughs> <laughs> I hear that hey, great hey. humour day in day out yeah lucky them hey Steve exactly <laughs> yep let, let's do it wonderful alright well thank you very much for the chat <laughs>